to the Gridiron Show and Wildcard Weekend is very nearly upon us. Cannot wait for this one for absolute barnstormers. We'll be bringing you all of that a preview of and giving you the latest odds with redzone.bet. Plus, there's probably some news and stuff to talk about, I'm sure. This is the Gridiron Show. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter. Hey, buddy, how's it going? I'm feeling a bit ill. Oh, mate, why have you just told me that as we've been in a small room together for the last five minutes? Headachey. Could have done the show from home. We could have just not had to worry about being in the same room, but instead, I mean, that's entirely you're potentially going to infect me with your dirt. It's entirely untrue because we both had to be here for top level meetings with uh, various executives here at Talksport. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like Mike Parry then. <laughs> and then uh, top level meetings. Top level with, meetings. Uh... <laughs> and um Yeah, I we both had to be it, so it's just one of those. Um, it really is. I'm feeling a bit headachy, not throaty, just a bit headachy. You know okay. you know what that's like. Okay, bud. I'm okay. feeling you. I'm feeling and you. I haven't I haven't had any alcohol, so it's not anything like that. It's just just a bit ill. Not in any way self-inflicted. Is what no, no, saying. no, no, exactly. exactly. Okay. How are you? I guess I believe you. Uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you, bud. Have I, you recovered um... from this life? <laughs> we ended up doing on the show on TalkSport that night. Uh, life itself, by the way, and it's terrible. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, I was asking about whether we'd done a cheat sheet for this weekend. We've literally just tweeted it, so there you go. Uh, it's, uh, it's well worth checking out, actually. Our redzone.bet cheat sheets that uh, Ben does for the uh, the website. Really good info on there. And we steal some of it for our podcast, Ben. So if you're listening, thank you for doing research for us. Uh, so we've got, um, yeah, I, we ended up on the show that night talking about, I was legitimately angry about how bad that film was. And you calmed me down with an hour of hot football chat. And then I got really angry about it on air again. And we ended up doing like, there's something about a really bad film that burns into the memory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you just, you remember way more than you actually remember. I don't know. Uh, a, a good but not great film. Yeah. Remember the greats, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the stuff that's like, yeah, that was okay. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's nowhere near as memorable as an absolute stinker. And One, that's what life itself did. Was. Your did your illustrious missus? Did she like it? Uh, I mean, uh, she. Uh, you'll feel, feel less of her because she quite enjoyed it. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't feel less of her. It's just what people like, and I'm surprised that. Even with you tutting and naysaying right next to her, she still enjoyed it. And she didn't feed off your... <laughs> what do you ne- mean me tutting and naysaying? I know what you're like. And feeding, off, feeding off your negative energy in the cinema. She, uh, Amongst all of that, in fact, maybe I respect her more for still liking it, having had to sit next to you. Is it, isn't it funny, though, when you have that feeling, when you're like... I, I can remember going to see Zero Dark Thirty with my wife and a friend of ours, Ali, and... I really liked Zero Dark Thirty. I think it's great central performance, really tense build, really well put together film, great kind of character study, ambiguous in terms of its uh, in terms of its morals, and I'm okay with that as long as the message is right at the end. They both hated it, but I could feel them hating it as 
because it is like quite ponderous and it's two and a half hours long and it's not it's not like fast pace it. it's not it's you know it's a like i say it's a character study yeah, yeah, yeah so it can be quite slow moving and lots of scenes of somebody just communicating with their facial expression and I, like yeah they both hated it like really hated it you can feel them and i could feel it up. i could feel them moving around in their seats i could feel them just like yeah i wasn't i wasn't a fan of it because i wasn't a fan of that i was a fan of the film no 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 um I particularly enjoyed uh, Twitter interaction from the last couple of days between uh, Chris Long and Kyle Long, uh, who are brothers in arms, but this weekend brothers facing each other and on opposite sides of the line. Kyle Long playing on the interior of that Bears line. The Eagles with that much improved defensive line over recent weeks. And Kyle Long was asked about it and said uh, and, and basically said, for this weekend, we're not related. And Chris Long quote tweeted is saying, well, this little joke wasn't funny to my two-year-old son, Waylon, who saw this on my timeline and was devastated. He said, Uncle Kyle has been cancelled. Sorry, how is two-year-old Waylon... How can he read? Well, I think he's probably just been told what it says. I mean, uh, it's one of those, that didn't happen. No, I think that did happen. I'm not sure. How can he... He can't read. I, I'm buying into it. I think it happened. But didn't, he definitely can't read. Kids can't read until I they're like I believe in Chris Long. He is a wonderful human being, and I refuse to have any naysayer like yourself. That was, there was some proper naysaying going on there. I apologise. You're a disgrace. It's because I'm. A, it's because I've got a headache. <laughs> what <are> we, uh, <laughs> that's my level of sympathy I'm giving you this week. Uh, what's, uh, what, what do we want to talk about? What order? Obviously, we want to talk about Wild Card Weekend, but how do you want to do it? Are we going chronological? Are we picking our favourite game first? How would you like I to... I think uh, it surely makes sense just to go chronological. Reverse chronological? You want to go reverse chronological? Start off with that game in Seattle. Just a little crazy suggestion. There are a couple of bits of news around which we could touch on a lot of head coaching stuff obviously and i like there's not i just genuinely feel like there's no point in us talking about who would be the best coach currently interviewing for the jets for that job because by the time half people listen to this they'll probably have appointed someone uh i still don't get the adam gase thing but somebody tried to convince me that he'd be a really good fit in green bay so enjoy that buddy if that happens is mike mccarthy the best former head coach of an nfl team that's out there and available potentially for every job because Bruce Arians would be the best. Uh, Bruce Arians will take any job. I don't buy into this. I only want the Cleveland job. Oh, here we go. As I said this months ago and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, but I really. Oh, 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 (laughs) suddenly, suddenly your narrative has changed, has it? Oh, when I was like, oh, you know what? If Green Bay comes along, maybe, maybe. Oh, the indignation is palpable. You understand that you were the reason for that, though. Oh. You understand that the reason I did that was because I knew you wanted him in Green Bay and it was much funnier to wind you up and pretend like he had no chance of getting that, that job. That's Whereas rub- I always believed rubbish. there was a chance he could take the Green Bay job because oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Of course you did. Of course you did. You are the worst. <laughs> this, you are the worst. This has been the great the, the great long con. <laughs> Your reaction then has just, oh, it's warmed me inside my cockles. Absolutely. Of what are we doing Saturday rubbish. to watch the games, by the way? What are we doing Saturday? Come on, live production meeting. Um, after the after work today, Friday, I'm going up to see my niece. It's her fourth birthday tomorrow. I'm staying there. So I'll probably leave Norfolk maybe around six. Takes a couple of hours to get back, maybe seven. We can I could either come to yours or we could watch it in town. 
Well, I mean, we're broadcasting Saturday. We're broadcasting the late game anyway. So I was just thinking we came in here at nine-ish and watched the. Well, early fine. Game. Let's let's meet here. Watch the uh, the, the game. We could I get... forgot that. I don't get this right. We could get those dumplings <laughs> that we got before. Why don't they have a Sunday night primetime game on Wildcard and Divisional Weekend? Mm-hmm. Why do they do Saturday an evening and a late kickoff, and then sa- and then Sunday afternoon they do. A 1 p.m. ish kickoff. Yeah. And then, like, a night. They use those two windows instead of using the actual primetime window. And they ignore the Monday night primetime entirely, which I kind of get because they don't want a team to have the shorter week. But honestly, why not have a Sunday night game? We might have been able to convince NFL UK to let us do two games each weekend if there was a late Saturday, late Sunday game. 100% we would have. I wondered why we were doing it on Saturday. I was like, oh, Will just wants the Sunday off or something. But, I, I actually, but, I angled for it. <laughs> I was like, I could do the Saturday game and then, um, you know, because I'm taking a shift away from someone, if Jed or Russell, whoever would <laughs> yeah, do the Saturday, yeah. if they want to do the Sunday night, then, yeah, that, you know, I would be fine with that. And uh, our boss, our, 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 uh, no, it's fine. You can uh, you can do both shows. Are you like, doing both shows? So I'm doing, I'm doing my normal Sunday night, but oh, there's okay. no NFL. All right, bud. <laughs> which is fine, but I just want some time off at the moment. Oh, so, but the thing is, I didn't realise that it was a 6pm and a 9pm game. On the Sunday, yeah. On the Sunday. So I was thinking... Why are we doing Saturday? Why are we doing Saturday? That's I mean, how it always is, Ollie. It's literally not changed <laughs> since they went to the Saturday-Sunday playoff fixtures. If you haven't realised, a lot passes <laughs> me by. <laughs> oh, very funny. The only thing from the head coaching change, the, the coaching situation that I did think was of some note was that the Browns are blocking offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens from other offensive coordinator job uh, job uh, applications. The, the rule in the NFL is if you are being offered a promotion by another team, your current team can't stand in the way. So if you have an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator and someone wants to interview them for a head coaching job, you can't say no. Sure. But if they want to interview them for a job that's at the same level that they're at now, you can actually block it and say, nope, he's our guy, he's under contract with us, you can't do it. 100%. You know, I, I'm. Yeah, but I what's interesting about it... Why don't it, you agree with that? No, I do agree with it. Oh, sorry, carry on. But the reason it's interesting is that they haven't got a new head coach yet. It suggests to me that whoever the head coach who comes in, they like what Freddie Kitchens did with Baker Mayfield. Mayfield clearly had a good relationship with him. I think they're going to be looking for a defensive head coach because of it. And I think they're going to be then saying, oh, as part of the job, you've got to keep Freddie Kitchens as your offensive coordinator because he's got a really good relationship with Baker Mayfield. Does that mean that all roads are pointing to the fact that they may keep on Greg Williams? I mean, it might do. I don't know. Like, Greg Williams is being interviewed, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, you're a big fan of him, so... <laughs> Obviously. Famously so. <laughs> Famously. It's not like you've gone on here or on national radio to slag him off. A staunch defender <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of Greg Williams as a decent human being. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that is interesting. It shows that he's, ne- he's, he's wanted, and if... If he stays with the Browns and Baker Mayfield has another good year, you could imagine him being in a conversation in a year's time for any head coaching jobs that come up. I think that Mike Munchak's a really good shout for the Browns job. The Steelers' offensive line coach. He's interviewing for it. Really? I think I think he's a really good shout for it. I think there's, there are Steelers fans who believe that he should be getting the opportunity of... Basically, they should be lining him up to be the next head coach of the Steelers. Mm. He is so well regarded, 
and think about how good that offensive line has been. It's just whether or not as an offensive line coach you'd want to come in and have your offensive coordinator dictated to you. I don't know. I don't know. It's just my thought. Ruben Foster's domestic violence charge has been dropped again. Another one. Same same uh, female, same situation. It's all a complete mess. What does this mean for Washington? I guess Washington install him as a as a player next season because he's that he may face suspension from the league but i suspect that washington probably turn around and and bring him in and have him playing along mason foster we've seen the foster brothers exactly uh, twins we've seen um in other sports where someone has said something potentially racist or something on a on a football field soccer field and then they've been found guilty by the organization but not guilty in a court of law doesn't mean that he didn't say it and it doesn't mean that Ruben Foster didn't do what he did do. The fact, just the fact that the charges have been dropped. They may have been dropped because of lack of evidence or something else. So um, I don't think Washington are getting off scot free. An incredible amount of information has come out about uh, the allegations that were made against him uh, by the alleged victim who. <clears throat> previously dropped her charges against him in the previous case because it basically went in court and went, no, I lied about it. So, well, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Yeah, it's a mess. I'm still kind of happy he's off the 49ers, though, because it is such a mess. Hey, guys, it's Devon Sam here from LucasAid Sports Podcast, running the show. Check out this week's episode where we get to meet the one and only Anthony Joshua. Oh, my goodness. Do you think he wants to be friends with us now? Uh, yeah, mate, he, he told me that he wants to link up and have a bit of sparring. Yeah, sure he did. So head to all your podcast providers and click subscribe now. Also get in touch with us at LucasAid Sport using the hashtag running the show. You will not regret it. Right, should we talk about... Are we doing reverse order? Did Let's we do reverse order, why not? Who so, else is doing reverse order? Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the sixth seed in the NFC, heading to Chicago to face the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Eagles, this is the highest favourite of the weekend, funnily enough. Remember, the Eagles, another chance to get those rubber dog masks out and play the underdog. There'll be a lot of Eagles fans in Chicago for this one. And it's the one game of the weekend where I look at it and I think Vegas might have got this one wrong, purely because every other game is incredibly tight. But... I, I think I, I think I like the Bears in this. I think I, because of the Bears' defense, they should be able to shut Nick Foles down. But what Nick Foles and the, and the Eagles have done really well in recent weeks, and the way Lane Johnson, if he plays up to his very best, is probably Mitchell Schwartz. I think is the best right tackle in the NFL in Kansas City because he's so consistent. Mm. But Lane Johnson is the best right tackle in the NFL on his best days. If he has one of his best days, he could actually pretty much shut down Khalil Mack. And then, suddenly, you've got a really interesting situation of how the rest of the defence steps up. As I said to you, I thought it was a good defence before he came in, but if they can get things going on offence a little bit, bit sprawls out of the backfield, find a couple of those tight ends, Goddard and Burton. No, Burton's at the Bears now. What am I on about? Uh, and uh, Ertz. And uh, I've remembered the rookie's name, but not the guy who should be third on everyone's all-pro voting. Uh, good one, Willie. Uh, you know, uh, Sorry. Bit, of, bit of Aguilar, bit of Jeffrey. You could do some real, you could do some real damage. And then suddenly... I'm like, I quite like the Eagles in this game. Sorry, who's one and two on your tight end all-pro voting? 
We know who number one is. So yeah, number George two Gillen, must be Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. So no Gronk or anything. No, didn't play enough this season. Why should he get into the All Pro votes? No, I'm just asking. Plus, just he's gonna... a slow, lumbering mess of a man <laughs> at this point. He's still. I'd still rather have him than. Uh, you know, I'd still probably still have him a top five tight end in the league, even when he is a slow, lumbering he mess at this point. Lumb- <laughs> Who would but, win in a foot race? You or the Gronk? Oh, Gronk would still win in a foot race. Are you Come sure? On. Do you remember when Kenyon Drake <laughs> breezed past him? If why hasn't that been turned into a meme? Because it's one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> it is funny. just just uh, listeners out there, just close your eyes and remember that play. <laughs> Kenyon Drake, he's passed the ball by a lateral. He cuts in field, and there's between him and the and the uh, the end zone. It's Rob Gronkowski. He just does one little move and there's Gronk flailing with his arms, his his legs falling into the turf, falling down and Drake scores and downs the pats. It's great. Sorry. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, I don't, really, don't know really how to react any further to it. I just. Uh, but how do you feel about the, the Eagles' defence against Mitch Trubisky? So their defensive line has really stepped up as of late, um, looking like the defensive line which carried them. Do you remember the defensive line that carried them to the Super Bowl and then essentially did nothing until that huge play which killed the game off? Yeah. Uh, I, they, on the rotations look good I mentioned Chris Long already I think it's looked really impressive I think Michael Bennett is looking back to his massively stepped up the last oh, couple of weeks unbelievably massively. so he has been a massive playmaker for them and they have that rotation they can bring Jernigan and Hester in uh, for Cox and uh, Haloti Nato who are both older players now at this point and you get that bit of rotation you keep people fresh get Chris Long in for Brandon Graham and yeah I, I really like I think their problem is going to be the linebackers and the back, basically the back seven, I guess, dealing with the Matt Nagy system. Because I, I got into some relatively heated debates with uh, with Bears fans, and and not Bears, just general Bears fans, like Bears fans who we know know their football. Guys like John Bradley, the Russian football expert who really knows his Bears, and Ben Isaacs yeah, and stuff. Knows his Bears. Who knows his Bears. And they are much higher on Mitchell Trubisky than anyone I know who isn't a Bears fan. And they keep pointing out to, like, random plays. There was... You look back at that game against the Vikings at the weekend, there were three or four really good third-down completions he made, which really kept the game going and probably won it for them. And, like, the the sideline uh, one to... Um, the sideline one to... Uh, Kevin White that oh, we talked yes. about on yeah, air yeah. that was yeah. excellent and absolutely I totally get it he did make some good plays but he also left so much on the field mm. there was the um, there was the the play to Trey Burton where on a third and six which looked like it was going to be absolutely key in the first half he had him wide open and just completely overthrew him I, I think I've watched the Bears offense and a lot of this has been since the second half of the 49ers the last two games it feels like since he's come back in week 15, they've stripped it back to make things... like There's so much pre-snap stuff that it looks really fancy. And occasionally they'll bring out one of those plays where an offensive lineman catches it or mm. a defensive lineman runs the ball or where they do like a, a sweep that then becomes a reverse, like a Philly special type thing. They'll do stuff like that and that's great. But actually, if you look at what happens after the ball is snapped... It's a lot of short yardage stuff. It's a lot of behind the line of scrimmage stuff. It's a lot of basic pass plays to keep things simple for Trubitsky, which is why I'm not buying to this idea that he's suddenly massively improved over the last few weeks. I think what we've seen um, in the last two or three weeks, maybe three or four weeks, is that 
Whereas at the beginning of the season, there was a lot more holding onto the ball for longer and working through progressions. All right, he's doing it quite slowly. Those progressions have now been shut down to one and then the backup. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So it's not reading the field. He's got two things in his mind. And Nagy has told him, right, if that's not open, you go there. And you can see that on multiple, multiple um, plays, passing plays, when it's more than five yards down the field. Not even that. When it's when it's all passing plays, you're seeing those progressions and that's all he's got. So what I think is that if the Eagles linebackers can be really disciplined and not bite on the jet sweep fakes and not bite on the motioning and not allow themselves... They play a pretty kind of zone-based defense, so it is easy to bite on that. And what the Bears need to do is do what they were doing against the Vikings to an extent where you do... If you have like two guys on some shallow crosses and then one wide receiver running a slightly deeper cross, so you've got three guys over the middle, the linebackers have to basically decide in zone, who do I pick up? Mm. And that should give you a situation where there's very few reads, it's in a small area of the field, and you can do something with it. And I do think that Nagy will design a really good offense for this game. I think if the Eagles can stay disciplined then I'd fancy the defence to put up a good game. My problem is that Jim Schwartz defence, the one thing they're famed for, is not necessarily disciplined. Mm. I think the Bears win it at home. I think the defence is too good overall, but I think this is a tighter game than the Lions are suggesting. I I quite like the Eagles and their big game experience and what they did during the playoffs last year. And I think that it may all be a little bit too much for the Bears. Despite... Everything that I love about that defense, I think I'm leaning towards the Eagles. Maybe heart overhead. The Bears match up really well against tight ends, and Zach Ertz is such a big part of the offense, so that's a problem. I, I'm going to take the Bears, but I, I think that the, I, if I'm doing it as a betting perspective, I'm taking the Eagles with the line. Um, Jeffrey, by the way, had a massive game last year. Last massive, week. Game. massive, and he's going back to Soldier Field. He have a chip on his shoulder. Nelson Aguilar hugely stepped up. He scored that touchdown from Sudfeld. So it's not like, and then you've got Golden Tate there as well. They're receiving options if they are shut down at, at tight end. Their receiving options are great. The Bears have concerns at receiver as well. Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel and Alan Robinson all on the injury report this week. All are expected to play, but carrying injuries into the game, that can obviously be a problem. The Los Angeles Chargers head to Baltimore to face the Ravens. The Ravens beat the Chargers 22-10 in LA back in week 16. Philip Rivers, probably his worst game of the season, certainly statistically, 181 passing yards and two interceptions. Uh, what they did do, the Chargers, really well was stifled Lamar Jackson's rushing ability. He only had 39 yards from 13 attempts, by far his lowest during his time as a runner. But you look at the difference in that running game since Lamar Jackson came in on the season. They were ranked in the bottom 10 uh, in rushing in the first 12, 13 weeks of the season, whatever it was. And since he's come in, no, 10 or 11 weeks of the season, since he's come in, they're right up at the top two or three. So... Uh, if the Ravens can run the ball at home and have got the defence, I really want Philip Rivers. I really want Philip Rivers to have a great run and for the Chargers to push on. And they actually are really good in the... You know when we talk about the Raiders being terrible at travelling across the country? Mm. The Chargers are actually really good at travelling. They're really good at playing in the early window. They've got that down pat. I just... I don't know. I think the matchup for them, based on what we saw in week 16 is is a rough one. Yeah, the the Ravens really shut down 
Rivers and that that offense, the receiving, they, they you know we were talking about the Williams twins and Keenan Allen and um, Old Man Gates and all of that, but they've been almost a non-factor the last few weeks, and with the Ravens' defense being so stout and um, unforgiving and not giving anyone any any quarter whatsoever. I can only really see a Ravens win here. I like the the matchup defensively charges on the Ravens and you know the the fact that they did stifle Lamar Jackson but it, it, I wouldn't even say if this was a, a classic switcheroo Ollie Hunter switcheroo. I actually think the Ravens are a better team especially at home. The Chargers, what they, the one thing they do have, there's a there's a problem on the Chargers offensive line with the guards, that they do have a bit of a problem there. And there is potentially internal pressure from the Ravens. But in Mike Pouncey, they have a centre who can do some really good pulling, do some really interesting things. If Melvin Gordon is like fully up to scratch, healthy Melvin Gordon, yeah. and has Austin Eckler as the backfield, and, and the Ravens, weirdly, their defence is really exploitable on one side of the defence. Obviously, this is film study. People have done more than this, and I've just read all up about it and watched the clips, but actually outside zone to the left, with Mike Pouncey pulling, if you run that, you can pick up five or six yards of carry. And the, the good thing, what the, the Chargers have done, is they've managed bringing back Melvin Gordon. In fact, he's been on for the last four or five weeks because they've decided, you know what? Let's let's play um, Is it Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler. Let's just run those guys. Let's save Gordon for the playoffs. And he could be coming into this game, big points to prove, and thinking, do you know what? I'm fresh, I'm fit. I'm going to run up to the left the whole time. And uh, and look, if they get Melvin Gordon running, it's going to be a closer game. Big game ability was something you talked about with the Bears-Eagles, and that's my other concern here. The Ravens come in, maybe the hottest team in the AFC other than the Indianapolis Colts in terms of recent performances. Jackson's only loss was to Kansas City, that 27-24 overtime loss that he picked up. And John Harbour is 5-0 and in wildcard weekend games. <sighs> Like that, I mean, that's the Ravens, I think, are the last team to go to the Super Bowl from a wildcard spot when they did it in that season when they beat the 49ers. Since then, no one has gone from a one or two seed. Don't, yeah. don't give me a look as if you want me to talk more about that game. You know it's not going to happen. <laughs> it was in a great city, though. It was in New Orleans, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> bugger off. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking the Ravens. I, I, it disappoints me to do so, but I'm going to take the Ravens. Yeah, ditto. Ravens for me. Uh, the our game on Talk Sport, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. The Seahawks who beat the Cowboys twenty four to thirteen back in Week Three. They have a few injury concerns, but uh, as they kind of head towards kickoff, uh, Jr. Sweezy on the offensive line have been so good. Cornerback Shaq Griffin. I, I get this is a difficult game for me to talk about, obviously, because I get accused of negativity against both of these teams. <laughs> Do you want this to be a tie? <laughs> yeah. Can you have ties in the playoffs? Is that what a thing? happens? Uh, well, no, I, there is like. Do they just keep playing until someone scores? I'm sure that is the case, but I'm sure there is a situation where you have to go to like a penalty kick style with kicks. Oh, I'm sure there is something great. like that. I've that got to look be it up. Brilliant. Wouldn't that be great? They end up having to go. Right, go from the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. That would be superb. The jeopardy. 
Unlike pre-season and regular season games, postseason games cannot end in a tie. So the overtime rules change slightly for the playoffs. If the score is still tied at the end of an overtime period or if the second team's initial possession has not ended, the team will play another overtime period. Right, that's fine. So what happens after that? Why are you only giving me part of this? Uh, the score is still tied at Play will continue regardless of how many overtime periods are needed for a winner to be determined. So there isn't a kick competition. I, I, I think that was just a silly suggestion that we made once. That got into my head might be a real thing. Okay, but if a new overtime period starts, that means it's the same overtime rules. Same overtime rules. Okay. You know what they should do? They should just turn... Another it- coin toss was held before the third overtime period, but... Essentially, the second overtime period, the opposition... Just starts over. Yeah, whoever received it first time doesn't receive it second time. Do you know what they should do, Willie? They should just bring in the college rules for overtime for playoffs. If there is still no winner at the end of the fourth overtime period, there will be another coin toss and play will continue until a winner is declared. So it's like when you put a mirror in front of a mirror and (laughs) (laughs) it goes on forever. Yeah, basically. Oh, I don't want that in our game because we'll still be on air at like 8am. Just like, please kill us now. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, So I've... I said this about the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago, and obviously I caught flack from Cowboys on Twitter. Come back to me when you've beaten a good team and you've beaten them well. I don't think the Cowboys have impressed me on the offensive side of the ball for the last three weeks. Amari Cooper hasn't gone over 32 yards, and all of his big games came against cupcake secondaries. I'm not saying Amari Cooper isn't a good player and doesn't help that offense because he takes double teams away from other players and opens up the offense for other players and helps open up the run game and it's no coincidence that since Amari Cooper has come in that Ezekiel Elliott has played much better. But I really like the middle of the field for um, for the Seahawks in terms of the defense. I think if they try and run the ball up the gut, I think they are going to struggle. Jaron Reed, obviously, being the key. But there's the, um, the young fella as well who's uh, coming on that defensive side of the ball who young deserves... Fella. Puna Ford. Puna Ford I like Puna, a lot. Yeah. Puna's a great name. Puna! Uh, Puna Ford and Jaron Reed make for really good run-stuffing defensive linemen. Frank Clark's having a really good year as well. So I think Amari Cooper needs to get back to the form of his first few games for Dallas. And I don't know if the Seahawks defence will give that up to him. Well, Amari Cooper has been has done in Dallas what he did in Oakland, which is splashy games, lots of... Lots of yards in particular games and then doing nothing in other games. He's really inconsistent. You're not going to get 80 yards a week from Amari Cooper. You're going to get 200 or 30, and that's it. Hmm. He is really like that. But on the other side, you have had um, the tight ends. They've, They've got three or four tight ends who are coming up with a couple of catches here, a couple of catches there in key situations. Um I wonder if they'll rue having to play Dak Prescott the entire game last week. Um, Will he be as focused? You'd expect him to to be so. But resting Ezekiel Elliott was was key and he'll be fresh. And you're right. I don't think, in fact, the Cowboys don't do much of that running straight up north to south. There's often a break left or right uh, and finding the edge as well. So... This is a fascinating game. I'm glad that it's our game because you will have to be the most impartial you've ever been. <laughs> Don't know what you mean. Given your 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 dislike of both teams. Don't know what you mean. I've got the Cowboys in this. I like their defense and I like 
I think Dak has vastly improved since I made the spurious claim that Tony Romo wasn't there to uh, to coach him through um, last season. I think actually over the last four or five weeks, he's looked much better, making better decisions, making good throws. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Both these teams are in the bottom 10 in terms of offensive seconds per play, i.e. how long it takes them to get the ball off and run pass ratio. I think we're going to see the fewest number of snaps in any game this weekend. I think it's going to be quite a fast-paced game in terms of TV time because there's going to be a lot of running the ball. The Seahawks can establish the run and pass out of their run concepts and use Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin in the way that they do. I'm taking the Seahawks. Taking the Seahawks on the road. I think that... Uh, I, I, my other problem is that this Cowboys team is yet to impress in a, in a playoff game. I know they've had some tight losses, but it's like that they it's like they seize up on these big occasions. Jason Garrett is someone who can sometimes go in like be incredibly ballsy in a game and you're like, "Yeah, great, but this game doesn't mean anything." Mm. He has this real tendency in the playoffs to go super conservative and it's happened 3 or 4 times over the past 6 or 7 years when they've made the playoffs. I'm taking the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks go there and and get a win on the road. I've taken only the one road team so far, but I'm going to be taking two road teams. Hashtag spoiler alert. Because the weekend opens up with the Indianapolis Colts in Houston to face the Texans. A game which, if it doesn't feature at least 700 passing yards, I'm going to be absolutely <laughs> stunned. Because Andrew Luck has passed for 399 and 430 yards on Houston this season. Deshaun Watson will sling the ball around and be looking to find Nuke all day long. Uh, Ryan Kelly, back. Difference when Ryan Kelly's in the team? 4.5 yards per carry versus 3.6 yards per carry. Absolutely essential to the Colts doing something in the running game. Um, T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron came into Week 17 as injury concerns and ended up having a really significant uh, play on that Week 17 game. So I'm confident on them. I, I loved what I saw out of Indy, particularly in the second half when we did that game last weekend. I fancy them to go on the road and win. Do you know what? I, I kind of agree with you. Defensively, Man, have they stepped up. Man, they shut down um, uh, the team last week. Who did they play last week? The Colts. Yeah. Titans. Titans. They shut down the Titans. We literally did it on radio. I know, I know. I mean, I know the Titans didn't show up, but they didn't literally not show up. (laughs) They just just metaphorically didn't show up. They didn't show up in my brain just then. (laughs) They absolutely shut... And it's not difficult to shut down Blaine Gabbert, but... They did. They shut down the run game. They shut down the passing game. And I was really, really impressed with everything that they did. And it, on the Texan side, they've only got, really, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. I know Lamar Miller came back and, and scored a touchdown last week, but you shouldn't be worrying, worrying yourself about Lamar Miller. Right, double team DeAndre Hopkins... Try and get them to throw to Demarius Thomas. I don't think Cootie is going to be back. So they've really, they've got nothing. I am all in on the Colts. Apparently Cootie has been practicing for the Texans this week, so could return. But he's been out for for weeks, weeks and weeks. He'll be completely off the boil, I should think. It'll take him a, a half to get into the game. And by then, the Colts may have had a real stranglehold on it. And 
Andrew Luck has been playing some incredible football, incredible, and it's an absolute joy to watch. They this the, the the other reason we should be I mean we should be positive about this game anyway. But both road teams won this season, one by three. One of the games went to overtime, so they've. They've absolutely set us up some classics this year. The other area of concern for the Texans is how often Deshaun Watson gets hit, and he has been sacked 12 times by the Indianapolis Colts this year across two games. He's the most sacked quarterback in the league. And the Colts aren't famous for their pass rush particularly. (laughs) They've got a good run defence. In fact, we've got two really good run defences in this game, which, again, contributes to... So I think we're going to see the ball slung around. I think we're going to see a lot of points. I think we're going to see a tight game. I am really pumped for Colts Texans, but I'm going to take my second road team on the Saturday, and the Indianapolis Colts are off to Kansas City. Well, let's have a let's have a score prediction then. I think if they're going to win. Slung about thirty-seven, thirty-four. Oh, that's a great score prediction. I love that. I'm going to go forty to thirty-seven. No, there we go. Yeah, just add on a. You've just basically done my score and added on an extra field goal each. I don't know what you're talking about. Thanks, mate. So, <laughs> as far as I can work out. From the games, and we'll see on Divisional Weekend, I think it will be Eagles at Saints. You think Mm -hmm. it will be Bears at Saints. Mm -hmm. And Cowboys at Rams, you're going Seahawks at Rams. But those might switch around. I don't know about the... um, the I think I've worked it out okay for me, but not for you. Do they... they, When they reseed, they they just... Because they reseed, don't they? Do they reseed based on record? So the Chargers, do the Chargers, if they win? No, I think the Chargers remain the number five seed because they got the best record out of the wildcard teams. But yeah, if they, my point is, is if they win, and because if they win and the Texans win, they had a better record than the Texans, didn't they? Or the same record as the Texans? No, that no, better record. They than had the a Texans. better record, but I think they remain as the fifth seed as though. As they went into the playoffs, oh, I, th- I, I got the impression that they reseeded. Do they reseed? We really should know these things, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah. <laughs> but then the one I've and got... two seeds each conference receive a buy in each round, which entitle these teams to automatically advancement. The divisional playoffs where they face a wild card round. This is basic. We've done lots of googling. Is there reseeding in the NFL playoffs? That's the question I need answered. Why didn't you ask that question in the first place? Oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. it's it's been proposed to do a reseeding of teams, but uh, it's it's not come. So off. I was correct. Yeah. Okay. So we did know. We didn't need to Google it because I was automatically correct. Yeah, I just didn't want to assume you were correct. I mean, it's a great point. Why would you? <laughs> so in the AFC, I think we've both gone. Really, I've been really want to eat this sandwich. Looks, Is that re- here? looks really nice. Mm. In the AFC, we've both gone. Uh, Ravens and Colts wins. So I think that's Ravens at Pats. Colts at Chiefs. Oh. Oh. Could we see Colts Ravens in uh, in the AFC as our AFC Championship game? Do you mean the Colt Derby? The Colt Derby, exactly. Yeah, we could see that, but we want to see Chiefs Ravens to nullify the fact that the Pats will make it to the Super Bowl completely. Chiefs Ravens best offense against the best defense. That's exactly what we want to I see. Think that's what we want to see. Yeah. Anyone yeah. but the Pats. Yeah. Hashtag anyone but the Pats. Dynasty over. Uh, right, you can always be getting in touch with us at Gridiron on Twitter. Head there for all our latest big content. Do go write, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on the podcast website. We're going to be getting the latest odds with Red Zone coming up. But first, Ollie, any final thoughts? What should we eat on Saturday? Are you keen on the dumplings idea? Do you remember? Uh, I mean, the... I'm always keen on dumplings. D- those... What was the dumplings idea? Well, dumplings and bows. 
Dumplings and bows. We could get dumplings and bows. You know what we could do? Go on. Oh, you're talking Saturday, aren't you? Yeah, Saturday. You know what they do on Sunday at ping pong? No. All you can eat? Get out. It's like 24 quid or something, but trust me, you will eat more than 24 quid's worth of dim sum. Yeah, yeah, I really would. I love dim sum. Should we do that for the championship games? 100% gorge ourselves on ping pong. <laughs> the AFC championship games would be in all going, I do the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, yeah. So, so much dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Waza joins us next from redzone.bet with the latest odds. Right, let's get the latest odds now with our friends at redzone.bet. Joining us, Waza, as always, Waza Wildcard Weekend. Looks just that absolutely wild. Where do you want to start off this weekend? Well, I think we'll start with the first game on Saturday night, hey? Um, the Colts at the Texans. Uh, Colts. Um, are 1.5 point underdogs 1.5 point underdogs you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> um, uh, even money on uh, the money line and the over under is 48 and a half um, I would tell you I like the Colts in this game um, they are the hottest team in football I, I, they completely controlled the game against Tennessee uh, last weekend and even though they let Tennessee back in the game right at uh, the end of the first half, it was um, that, that was never in doubt, and, and Andrew Luck has just looked like he's controlling um, the offense very well. He, he looks like, he, and he's covered the spread so many times as well. So I would be backing the Colts on the money line at even money to win the game. All the pressures on the Texans, um, and, and I just think that they're they're the team with momentum, and nobody wants to be playing the the, the Colts at the moment. So how about on uh, on Saturday on the late game, Seahawks in Dallas to face the Cowboys? Another tight game. Yep, but, um, Dallas are two-point favourites um, and uh, you can back them on the money line at 10 to 13 and the over-under is 43. Um, I like the Cowboys here, actually. The, the Seahawks, Boo. Russell Wilson, <laughs> Russell Wilson is, is, is Russell Wilson. They're a dangerous game, uh, a dangerous foe for anyone, but away from uh, the, the, the bird's nest and uh, up there in, in, in Washington State. Uh, it, they're going into Dallas. I, I seem to watch a load of games where Jerry Jones seems to be celebrating at the end because Dallas seems to pull off a, 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 a tight win. And I think this is going to be um, the same. I think Wilson's going to have a good, a good game. He's probably going to throw for over 250 yards and have a couple of touchdowns. But um, I think in the second half, I, I think that the, the Cowboys will get their running game Going and and, and Prescott's going to start to um, start to do do his thing, and I, and I think they they're going to their offense is just going to get the game done. They're going to squeak by, and so I'm going to back them on the point spread minus two to win the game by probably by a field goal by three points. So to Sunday evening, uh, enough, the, the tight games just keep coming as the Chargers head to Baltimore to face the Ravens. Yeah, now, a, a few weeks ago, um, the Chargers were the hockey team in football and the Ravens went up there on, I think it was a Thursday night day, and they won the game. But, you know, in truth, it, 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 it pivoted on, on, a, on a slack bit of play and a turnover that was returned for, for six points, if I seem to remember. Yeah, uh, Antonio I, Gates Char- fumble. Yeah, that's right. And you've got to remember, the Chargers actually have a better away record. They're, like, unbeaten on the road six times. And, and, I, and I think, again, they... You know, Baltimore 
won that epic game last last week where it looked for one second like the, the Steelers were going to be back in and they came around, they did just enough um, and they've got a, forbid, uh, a formidable um, defence. But I just like, the Chargers are, are, are looking better for this game. You know, they, they've um, they've got Melvin Gordon back um, on the field and, you know, listen, he's, he's not going to, he, he, he's, he's, he struggled against the um, second best run defence um, before, but, you know, it's, I think he's, they're, they're going to have enough to get the game done. I think the line, did I give you the line at the start of this, this element? I don't think I did. It's 3.9. So um, Ravens are three-point favourites, standard three-point favourites. I'm going to say back the Chargers, plus three, 25-28. The over-under is 41.5, but I think the Chargers are going to go out and I think you're going to see some gun flinging. And although the over and under is, is low, I think the Chargers are going to go out, go for glory, and going to make the Ravens chase the game. Yeah, hopefully missing. Uh, hopefully, Rivers having his worst game of the season in Week 16 is actually a benefit. Now he knows that Ravens defense. Uh, that's what I've got yeah, hope for, I, at least. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. When play, playing playing someone a second time, it's amazing how often the results often switch around when you've got to do it, repeat it again. You know. Well. Let's finish on uh, on the Sunday evening game then. Uh, by far the biggest underdogs of the week, the Eagles heading to Chicago to face the Bears. I think we're going to be seeing some more rubber dog masks coming out, that's for sure. Well, it's the Eagles are uh, six and a half point underdogs. Um, they're going to the Bears. The Bears, you know, have I, I, been fascinating all season. They, you know, they look a great team. I would love the Bears to get to the Super Bowl and win it, you know, to, to it would be a brilliant story for me going from worst to first and uh, the whole organisation um, is great. But I, I actually think in this instance, I'll be backing the Eagles with six and a half points. I think it's going to be a much closer game than that. I think the Bears are going to have to work really hard against a team with momentum. And um, I, I just, again, like the fact that you're, you're getting uh, a, a lot of points here against a team this game could go either way so if it can if you could feel that if you could see the eagles winning this game then you should back them with six and a half points because i think it's a little bit more of a coin toss than the line suggests uh, anything else we need to cover off this weekend any uh, anything that we, people need to be keeping an eye out on at redzone.bet over the next week we have got loads and loads and tons and tons of exotic bets. When we get to this time of the year, the, our, our, our clever trading guys on the NFL get a little bit more time and care to, um, to put up some more exotic markets that might entice people. So you've got some player matchups, I think, on site as well. So go along, have a look, bet responsibly. You do that bit at the end, as you always do, Will. <laughs> but yeah, you'll, you'll find some exotic stuff. And I'd say um, come back next week. We might be running a, a, a pretty nice competition for the for the Super Bowl that we'll start trailing next week if uh, we've got time to tell you. Brilliant stuff, was it? As always, full terms and conditions at redzone.bet. It is over 18s only, and please gamble responsibly.